Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. In this episode, let's discuss video game movie and TV adaptations. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. We are super excited to be talking about video game adaptations. James and I, as you know, aren't really gamers at the moment until we get Hogwarts Legacy next month. About to be. Yeah, but we I think we might play The Last of Us real quick, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might... That, that, I think that would be a good idea to get warmed up. Obviously, we haven't played games in several years, but we grew up as gamers. We played every game there was, and, you know, some of our favorites were Legend of Zelda, Super Mario... I mean, some of the great shooters like James Bond, Call of Duty, Halo. We loved video games growing up. Now, before we get into the conversation, we are doing a very special movie poster giveaway contest. To enter this contest, all you have to do is go to the YouTube version of this episode and make a comment in that YouTube video. That will enter you into the contest to win a free movie poster from MoviePosters.com. And what was funny about our our house is because we had six boys, but one console. And so we had to take turns, and it was always... You had an, like a one hour limit and you could be in the middle of a mission and then you'd have to give it up. You'd have to cough it up to someone else. It would be like turn into a big fight or whatever. But it was pretty difficult sharing one console with six kids. We played a lot of Madden. Madden, yeah. And stuff like that and, and a lot of sports games because you're just playing against each other. So it was That easier. way two people can play. Tiger Woods Golf yeah. was big. But Madden was like the game that we played growing up mostly. For with, like three with the years, brothers. it was Madden. We went well, from like 1990s to like 2006 Madden every year. Yeah, back when Brett Favre was on the, on we, the had, cover. we had all the boys in the house, and that was the best way for everyone to like get their fair share of playing time and just play each other. But also playing games like watching our brothers play Resident Evil when we were young. I never actually have played a Resident Evil game, but watching them, lots of first-person shooters, Call of Duty and stuff like that, Halo, and so that's why I think there's so much rich lore and so many great dense stories in video games and so much potential for interesting films and tv shows where there have been mostly misses but some solid hits and also some video games that have been made and turned into games or movies turned into video games which is really interesting like tron is an example of a of a movie that was turned into a video game it's a common misconception that it was a game first it was actually tron the movie which was what 1982 then got turned into the coin arcade game it was inspired by pong but it wasn't based on anything and then obviously we got tron legacy this century so that's an example where it was a movie first but that's not the only one and even video games have been made from video games inside movies and just the concept of video games and the the entertainment platform and what it's done and how it's changed in the last 40 years is absolutely absurd to see what where we're at now. Yeah. But I still think that there's so many interesting, cool stories and characters and concepts in the video game world that there just seems to be endless potential and possibilities for games. But it also feels almost like a no-brainer that you should be able to adapt these stories into movies effectively and efficiently and faithfully. But a lot of studios, they just kind of don't really nail it. And it's tough because you're dealing with a a diehard fan base usually. And you're also trying to make, make a faithful adaptation for them. At the same time, there are studio interests that differ from the view of someone who wants to tell a faithful adaptation. Studio interference causes the stories to go in different directions, which is why I've seen a lot of failure of video game adaptations into film and TV. My my guess is because it is a low batting average for the quality of video game. They movies. wouldn't even be in the majors. No, not at all. They wouldn't even be in the AAA. They wouldn't even be in the minors. It's it's really odd because 
there's always been so much potential for pretty much any of them. And video games, back when we were big on them, they still had a lot of really interesting storylines and world building and characters, but also all sorts of genres, whether it be horror or sci-fi or wartime, uh, spy. There's so many different things, racing. So you can do, it's pretty much open palette for creation of stories. And because they're such long format stories, it's kind of like a novel where you can really mine the best parts of like the arc of a video game story and you can just condense it to like two and a half hours and it should be a no brainer. Obviously things like, like Sonic doesn't really have much of a story. Super Mario. It's not super related to yeah. the game. Yeah, but there He's are. getting coins yeah. in the second one. But in the 2000s, the narratives were really getting into like a lot of depth and incredible uh, character development and really interesting, like I said, world building within the stories of the video games and the narrative structure of them. And so this just seemed to be like so much potential. But for some reason, movies, the movies have always been lackluster. There are a few outliers that are really good. But for the most part, they're always they've always been pretty disappointing. And my guess is if I'm going to make a guess about why that is, I suppose it's because so say you have a property like an IP of a video game and then a movie studio will buy the rights to it. They'll just hire probably one or two screenwriters who have a lot of maybe some film work experience, probably don't know the game, but they have screenwriting experience. And then the the writers will probably research the game for however many months and then write the script from that. If they even research the game. Yeah, exactly. Because what I've read from The Witcher is the the, the people making the fil- the series didn't really even care to bother all the novels. Or the games. To read all the novels or play the games. And so it seems as though studios, they're not hiring people who are very passionate about the project or the IP from the get-go. And from that, you're just getting someone who's a, an outsider trying to craft a story about something they were just hired to do. You know what I mean? And you're sort of getting the same story in every IP oh my God, with just yeah. a different look because this version, it's The Witcher. This version, it's uh, Wheel of Time. It's, they're, the stories have become so similar that it's almost taken the lore and the love from the the canon of that story of that world of the books or the games and just taking what was so beloved for them and just kind of just yeah. turning it into like a basically a factory pumping machine of content rather than making a really faithful interesting adaptation that would not only please diehard fans uh mediocre fans but also please people who've never watched or played a game or, or read a book from that canon and from that ip and from that universe and bring in get in new eyeballs that really get, fall in love with the with the lore and the characters versus kind of just in the streaming world we we've we're now entering the world where video game adaptations are off the charts right now there are so many in production that we're going to get into and I'm worried about a lot of them because we're getting kind of the same same outline and kind of the same movie every yeah. time. I suppose that's definitely a good point. What do you think are a couple of your – what are your, some of your favorite video game adaptations? Let's start with the positive. Into films? Yeah, let's start with the positive. I adaptations, think, yeah. So one that I loved growing up and I still think holds up pretty well I, today yeah, is I, Resident Evil, the original. In yeah. terms of like the accuracy to the game, pretty solid. We're in the mansion even though we're going down underground Raccoon City into the giant layers and, the and tunnels in the underground city yeah. of R&D of the Umbrella Corporation. I think they did a terrific job, not just making a great zombie movie, but sticking to the characters really well. Mila Jovovich was a star. This this made her a, like a superstar, and they made what seven Resident Evil since I think then, something seven, like yeah. that. 
So they're all pretty successful, not like huge hits, but they've they, they were do, all modest successes. They yeah. do well enough where it justified making six of these movies. But I think the first one still operates as a really great horror film while sticking to the lore of Resident Evil and the rules of that world and the zombies and the monsters. And I, I just still think it works so well, especially the opening act where we're in the elevator sequence as well as we watch the T-Virus oh, being the released. Yeah. yeah, we watch the T-Virus getting released by the, I won't spoil the movie for whoever it is, but the person who releases it on the, on the Umbrella Corporation facility. It was me. And then, <laughs> and then entering the facility and the amnesia, which is corny, but still effective in, in terms of telling the story. And then just getting into the facility and trying to shut down the the program, the AI that's controlling everything and finding out everything that's going on, as well as getting attacked and trying to take out zombies and survive. So I think that they did a, a great job tackling the spookiness, the horror elements, the zombie elements, and the characters of the game to a pretty faithful adaptation for a movie. It's not a perfect movie, but it's really solid. I agree. We we watched it a lot when we were younger. <laughs> there it is. There it is. But we really, we really did it. This was on repeat in our house and. I think they did a good job looking back in retrospect of but the horror of the zombies. Mia Jovovich and Michelle Rodriguez are terrific leads. And Mia Jovovich, as Alice, has the highest kill count in film history. Outside of Luke Skywalker yeah, with the Death but, Star. If you don't count the, the <laughs> blowing of the Death Star, it's it's Alice in Resident Evil because she just destroys dudes and zombies all over the place. The whole franchise, yeah. yeah. And I like the first one the best because it is smaller in scope and the video games were always pretty small in story and scope and... Uh, they got bigger and bigger in the later games, and the ga and the films followed suit. The films just got a little too big and sci-fi for me, for my taste. But I like this one. It's it's really grounded, and I like the isolated nature of the story. And also, the ticking clock is always terrific. I would say we really liked Tomb Raider when we were kids a lot, and Tomb Raider is a pretty good adaptation. And Tomb Raider, the new adaptation, I don't understand why they had to make it an origin story because the origins, origins, because she's not. She's not Clara. I mean, she's not Lara Croft. Lara. Lara Croft. Lara. 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 It's Lara Croft. No, it's Lara Croft. Lara Croft. Yeah. <laughs> I said Laura. Clara. I, Lara. I said, no, I said Laura like a, a few months ago and someone was like, it's Lara. No, it's Lara. Lara. So it's Lara Croft. She's, she's <laughs> still not there. Whatever. <laughs> Alyssa Vikander, who I thought was a great casting, she didn't become the character until the end of the movie. It's because it was just an origins. But in, in Angelina Jolie's it's basically like a, you could say a car carbon copy of Indiana Jones, which is okay. It starts with an adventure. We know who she is, what she does within the first five minutes of the film, and she already is the character. And then it's the character going through the conflict and challenges of the story. I prefer that, and you don't need the origin story every time, and that's an instance where it just works better, where she Indiana Jones is already indie. Lara Croft is already Lara Croft at the start of the film, so I, I thought it was a strong way to start the film. And it had, I mean, Daniel Craig's in it. It's, it's a pretty good, pretty fun movie. Really hot cast. I would, But I would say the best video game movie of an adaptation of a video game is Detective Pikachu. It's really solid, yeah. I think, I think Detective Pikachu, I was surprised with how much heart there was, how funny it was. The Pokemon were really well designed. It was really fun seeing live action versions of them. Justice Smith was a great lead. Ryan Reynolds was hysterical as Pikachu. It had a really good story, and the I, way they infused the Pokemon into the yeah. world, it made a lot of sense. They didn't try to like do what, what's Pokemon really going to be like, like an origin of like Pokemon entering society. It's just like Pokemon already in society. Exactly, it Versus, wasn't Pokemon Origins. It's not Pokemon in the wild. Yeah. It's Pokemon like every day in the world. Yeah, and I thought they did a good job. And I, I would say for video game movies, for video game adaptations, 
I think it's number one in terms of it being just a solid, fun movie. There's really nothing bad about it. And I think the filmmakers did a pretty faithful job with the lore. We're huge fans of Pokemon. We played the games. We watched the TV show. We had a ton of cards. 150. Oh yeah, we had all we had, we had almost all of them. We had some good holographic ones too. Oh yeah, we were super fans, and I was really happy. I was because at first I was like, we we liked the movie, the the animated films, Pokemon two thousand. Yeah, Pokemon two thousand, Pokemon the movie. That was the first one. Uh, there was there was one with the with Articuno and Zapdos and Moltres, the birds. I can't remember what that one was called. That one was sick. I think we saw the first three and really enjoyed them. You got the card in the movie theater too. Oh yeah, that was so fun. It was so fun. <laughs> Like, that was, like, Pokemon peak of the culture. But with Detective Pikachu, I thought when I heard the announcement, I was like, Pikachu as a detective? What? That sounds so dumb. But then once you are 10 minutes into the film and you understand the story and how it works, you're like, oh, this is fun. I like this. It does it does play really well. So I think the Detective Pikachu is my favorite uh, video game adaptation. I think the Tomb Raider one works so well, too, with Angelina because the casting is so great. To get Lara Croft yeah. a great casting for the character that's so beloved. And, you know, everyone's playing that game on PlayStation and PlayStation 2. And finally, like, they're going to make a movie. And who else would you cast besides Angelina? She was perfect for the role. Embodied the character so well. The entire list of movies here. She may be the best character and the best actor in terms of, like, fitting the role of a video game character that people love so much. The best out of everybody. I think that's one of the great strengths. And... When you're making a video game adaptation, you have to do multiple things. You have to tell a story that's familiar to the lore, to the canon, whether you're adapting one of the games or adapting one of the books or just adapting just parts of those. But getting the Easter eggs in there, but embodying the character that people played as or people play as or the characters, the NPCs that are in the game, the non-playable characters in the games or in the books and, and trying to get those and fuse them into the story as well as telling a good movie. And obviously, when you're telling a movie, it's a different form of storytelling than just a video game, even though so many video games are very cinematic. Yeah. So you have to follow the rules of storytelling via on the big screen in two-hour format with the movie, with the hidden, the beats, and everything. Because studios, they're giving you a playbook of what you got to do when you're making a video game adaptation. They want to hit specific beats at specific points in every, every movie they're doing with their scripts and everything. So you could do all that at the same time, but it seems like you still should be able to make a faithful adaptation to all of these games and they should be really successful and just come up across better because we've had so many duds and disappointments. So what, what's, what are some of your biggest disappointments? I would say, so The Witcher season one I enjoyed, but what happened to the show the last two seasons, that's super disappointing. Assassin's Creed might be the biggest disappointment on this list because we love that game. Oh, I forgot to mention that. We loved playing Assassin's that. Assassin's yeah, Creed we played is like so fun. It's yeah. so good. And that movie just was such a letdown. I was so excited when it was getting made. It was like a $90 million budget. Michael Fassbender is the lead. Perfect casting. He's on as a producer. And then the whole entire movie. And also movie... Justin Kurtzel, the director, he directed that really cool Macbeth that Fassbender started. That's right. I, was, I saw that Macbeth and I was like, this is so visually striking and fascinating. Like, what a cool Shakespearean adaptation. And then Fassbender loved working with him so much that he tapped him to direct Assassin's Creed. So I was like, wow, what a great pairing. I can't wait to see what they do. I thought it was going to be a no-brainer hit. I thought it was going to be a great movie. It was so such a letdown. I don't know how you don't start that movie. Again, they had to go the origin why, story Why route. is he doing a mission? How does it not open up with him on a mission? Jumping oh my from, the, from a crow's nest or jumping from a church into a, a barrel of sand or, or a, a oh barn of God. 
a thing of sand and assassinating somebody. How do you not open the movie like that and have him already be an assassin and then come out of the come out of the dream sequences and go back into it? Uh, the whole thing just ended up being a slow, drug logging, grim origin yeah. story and it's just it was such a letdown because there's so much potential there it's such a cool story and concept for a video game if you haven't played it you play a contemporary person who can actually go back into the minds of their ancestors who were assassins part of this assassin clan and basically you go on the mission you're basically doing the missions from that period and they can go all over the world with the different video games, and they they do different cultures. Different You're altering time the periods. course of time. It's really yeah. interesting. It's such a fascinating concept for a video game. Like the pirates one was so fun. You're like a pirate in, in the Caribbean. I was like, this is crazy. And then the one where you're in Boston. Yeah, in the yeah. Colonial days. Yeah, that went. Lauren Balfe did the music for that. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Three. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. But for some reason, like the origin storyline has become such a hot commodity since really Batman Begins that. It kind of ruins a lot of a lot of stories. Like this story, Assassin's Creed. If they had done the Indiana Jones route, the Tomb Raider one route, and you start with you establish the character, a ten minute cool opening action sequence. Fastbender is an assassin. He goes back in time, does some crazy thing, comes back, and then we learn what's going on, and then the major conflict starts. That's the better structure for a story like this. But instead, he's not the, he's not really the assassin until the last 30 minutes of the movie. And it was like before that it was just a slog to get there. And I was I was watching it in theaters like I can't believe this is happening. I think that a lot of studios, when they're adapting a video game into a movie, that in their mind, obviously, they're thinking franchise. We're like, this is going to be the first movie, but we're already planning the title for the se- for the sequel and the third yeah. one. This is what they're going to be called. And these are going to be the outlines of the stories. The first one, we're going to start with this great origin story. We're going to watch our character become the assassin yeah. at the end of the film. Yeah. The third act, it's really going to pay off. But they're going to start off the shell of a man, a shell of a woman, <laughs> just, just becoming that person, going through so much. And they're not even focused on making a great first film and i think they're they're in their minds they're just going we can depend on it making money because you know assassins created sold 40 million copies worldwide whatever the number is i'm sure it's in the tens yeah, of millions yeah. the entire franchise up until they made that movie i'm sure it's 50 million sales probably oh, yeah. for every console combined and they're, they're 60 bucks each <laughs> and you know but in terms of sales they're probably thinking if we get half of those people into the audience that's 25 minutes tick 25 million tickets sold that is a hundred over a hundred million dollars at the box office. So that's two hundred million dollars we can count on. They're gonna go to the, the theaters and see this movie. We don't even have to worry about like making a great first movie. We should just think, be thinking about franchising. Like yeah. how many movies can how many can we get out of this? That's what we should be focused they're, they're on. They're already milking it before the first film is even done. Exactly. Yeah. But I think they think they can depend on the fan base coming out to the movie just because they played the video game. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that. You got to make a, a good movie first because word of mouth, I don't care what your movie is, unless it's a Star Wars movie or, or a Marvel movie, word of mouth is still so important for the culture, for the movie going audience. Even for people who have played a video game and love the video game, it's not the same thing as they're, de- they're, they, they're depend. I mean, Marvel's dependable. You know what you're going to get when you go yeah. get, see a Marvel yeah. movie. That's why they have such huge opening weekends because the diehard Marvel fans, the movie lovers, they're like, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to go to the Marvel movie this weekend. I'm going to have a good time. I know that for a fact. Getting my money's worth. They've done it 18 times in a row versus 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 30 times in a row. 
versus Assassin's Creed and these other studio and these other projects and the studios running these movies, they think they can depend on the gamers to go into the box office to go sit down in the theater and watch their movie when they maybe don't understand gamers quite as well as they thought they did. Well, yeah, gamers, I would say they prefer playing games than going to see movies. And probably more yeah. likely will watch it streaming versus going to theaters. Oh, I would say 50% yeah. of them probably. Absolutely. I would say another one that was pretty disappointing for me was Prince of Persia because I really loved playing that game. I played. We played the first three and they were just so much fun. Besides the whitewashing. Yeah, yeah. With Jake we'll, get, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but the games were really terrific and uh, a blast to play. The puzzles, the the wall running, and the, the kills you could do. Because you slow down time and you change could, yeah, time. Yeah, you could slow down. You could also reverse time. So mm -hmm. if you got killed and you had enough sand, you could reverse time like five seconds and then redo, however, redo that fight sequence or dodge that whatever, that arrow they got shot at you. So you had... Uh, the ability to play with time, which is it's a cool really, power. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a really cool sci-fi. The blend of sci science fiction with the period setting, that's just like fascinating. And then the film came out. I was, I was pretty excited for it, but obviously the cast is, is just all whitewashed. Ben Kingsley is the villain. Jake Gyllenhaal is the prince. Gemma Arterton is the princess. And so they just went very Hollywood with it. Bunch of white faces in yeah. Persia. <laughs> yeah. With and, a lot of eyeliner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots of eyeliner. Lots, heavy tans. Heavy tans. <laughs> and, you know, Jake, that being said, it was the, the wrong way to cast it. But, I mean, they're all very good actors. Jake Gyllenhaal, he did a good job. I would say the first half of the movie, it's pretty entertaining and, and quite charming. and has some good action sequences. But where the movie went, it was just a CGI fest. And it, was, it did not feel right for the game give and me the dagger give me the dagger <laughs> <laughs> they did the, the like the dagger of destiny i think it's called where it's like sucking it's like turning his arm black from like rot from like a curse and in like a duality as well there's like the ghost version of the prince remember it's kind of like dark link yeah exactly yeah exactly so that was always that was a cool story to pull from but they just fell flat on their butts trying to finish out the second half of that film it could have been a really cool franchise if it was done right. Uh, the director of Goblet of Fire, Mike Newell, made that film. I think it would have been better to go with someone uh, less old. Mike Newell, he's quite old and a bit rigid of a filmmaker sometimes. So. She's too old. You, know you, can't, take her, lady? you can't take her <laughs> house away. She's too old. Look at her. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe if they went with like a younger, up-and-coming, more creative director, uh, they like if, if imagine if Alfonso Cuaron did that like that kind of director how like what he do with Harry Potter someone could have done something really interesting with Prince of Persia but unfortunately that's the way they went they went they went the safe choice with the director I think that was the big mistake of the film because that was on this list it's probably the biggest budget of all of the films because that was like about a two hundred million dollar movie I would oh say my they gosh. they uh, I believe it was Universal. And they put a, they had a lot on the line. They planned the trilogy out. They were already like, this is going to be a huge thing. And they invested a ton. I would say out of all these films, it was probably the biggest investment. And I guarantee they were depending on video game players who love Prince yeah, of Persia to exactly. go out into the theaters. So There's a movie on this list that I don't hate that I actually think is a pretty fun time and a pretty solid adaptation to the game. And that's Doom. Now, this is Carl Urban. Is it Roseman Pike? So and it was sorry. It was 185 million production budget for Prince. So of that's a 400 million dollar movie. Yeah, it grossed 336 million. So it maybe has it's probably broken even just turned a tiny profit in this 15 years in the later. last 15 years. Yeah. So back to Doom. So that's that's Carl Urban. Is it Roseman Pike? Roseman Pike, yes. And then also yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, early and Dwayne. Early Dwayne. I think, I think he still had hair. 
a little bit. Yeah. I think he was shaving it by this point. Mm-hmm. No, uh, now like in the rundown, it's like shaved off. I think. So I think this is a cool movie because it's a classic. No, he's got hair in the rundown. Okay, you're right. Yeah, he had the high hairline for this and the rundown. Yeah. So Doom is a it's a classic first person shooter, and I think they did a great job capturing the lore and the monsters and the gore, as well as really kind of changing it up with that POV sequence in the third act after Carl Urban gets like the the abilities and he goes first person shooter yeah. and it looks just like the video game and I thought it was a really exciting third act the script is pretty corny here and there the acting's the actors are great but it, but it took a while to get going to the th- second and third act where it gets really exciting but really solid gore and I think that first person shooter a moment in the third the act sequence, of the film, yeah. it really saves the movie. Yeah, I remember really liking it in theaters, that sequence. I remember us, we were like mouths open, like, whoa, it's just like crazy. a video game. But I've I've watched it recently, like the last few years, and it's it's pretty CGI-y. I it, guess I pretty, seen it in a while. It doesn't really hold up well. It's it's basically all CGI, and it, it doesn't hold up to this day, the standard of CGI. But when we were kids, I thought it was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was sick. And I would I would agree. I think it's pretty good. Also, they... They wisely took basically the storyline structure of Aliens, where they get to the base that's already been like overrun with yeah. monsters and aliens and monsters. So I think they they did a solid job. They did a lot of practical movie monster creature designs too. Yeah. So it was very good in terms of the gore and horror of it, which is pretty. It's uncommon in most video game movies, except for Resident Evil. But I would say the the more recent Resident Evil adaptations, and I watched, I watched like. 10 minutes of the new TV series on Netflix, Resident Evil. It's supposed to be the worst show like ever. I, I turned it off. I was like, are you are you fucking kidding me? I was like, this is the new Resident Evil. It was so bad. It was I sorry if you like it. I just I was like, this is terrible. They turned it into a teen drama. And I was like, what is going on here, guys? What is going on? It, that that show and movie should write itself. It does. Yeah. It, it really should. should. Yeah. It's it should be so easy to make a great movie. Some other disappointments on here for games that we played growing up. Hitman. I thought oh, that yeah. was a disappointing movie starring Timothy Oliphant. I'm not sure if he was the, the right casting for that role. Maybe it could have worked, but I think that just the story and the directing just it didn't fit. Hitman the video game. It was, it was a really different direction. Something else on here. Max Payne. That is a classic video oh game. God, so I love bad. that game. <laughs> and the movie with Marky Mark was just such a miss. Such a yeah. letdown as well. They were like going with like Sin City vibes. They didn't do that, but it, ju- it was just like very dim, contrasty cinematography. And it was such a slow story. And, and I was not invested in it at all. That works in the game. The game is yeah. very gloomy and slow. And yeah. you're playing with time here and there. Like the, the, the sideways the, jump yeah, gun. Yeah, the slow-mo. Yeah. Really well, cool. yeah, that's what the game's famous for. Yeah. The slow-mo jump to the side. And then you get like the targets of people to shoot. I will say, go back to Hitman. So Hitman, it could have worked. But the reason... So the movie, it had to make it had to make a change. If I And also, I watched the new one too. Same problem. So the Hitman video game... The character, he's bald, and he's got a barcode on the back of his neck, and he always wears a suit with a red tie, no matter what. Great design. It's a cool character design for all his missions. It's fine. It's a video game. Like, whatever. But when it's a movie, it's like this guy stands out like a sore thumb everywhere he is. Like, yeah. You, <laughs> so what they should have done for the film was have him put on disguises, put on a wig, change his outfit. He's too ostentatious. Just a Timothy Oliphant in a in a nice suit with a red tie, bald. When he walks into a room, everyone's gonna look at him, so he doesn't blend in at all. In the video game, it's 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 fine, it works, so it's whatever. 
And often in the video game, oftentimes you're you're hiding and sneaking up on people, so it does work. But in the in the movie, it's like, come on, this guy's supposed to be a secret agent assassin. Like everyone's gonna notice this guy. So I think they should have added the element of him changing his appearance to blend into environments, and perhaps it would have worked better if they did that. And also, they added the romance element. Yeah, you don't need that in a hitman movie. I mean, come on, Hollywood, bro. They had to do it. Something else that I think. Is something that I, I've always wanted to get a great adaptation of, and, and Neil Blomkamp made a great short film for it years ago. I think what was it? Spielberg paid for it, or Peter Jackson? Peter Jackson, I'm sorry. Is Halo, and this seemed like the ultimate movie adaptation, and it, it should have been made 15 years ago. He should yeah. have done that instead of District Nine. He did District Nine because his fe- his funding, Neil Blomkamp's drum- funding, fell out for Halo from Fox, and it seemed like a no brainer. And that short that he made was awesome. And it felt like the game. It felt like Halo. And finally, this past year, we got a TV series for Halo. And I didn't love it. I I didn't love what they did with Master Chief. I get it. You know, they want to show his face and everything. But it just didn't really completely feel like a great Halo adaptation. I understand, like, they're trying to set it for, like, the style of, of TV series today. Yeah. I, I just think they could have done a, a little bit of a better job, and, and I think I would have preferred to see a movie out of it. Yeah, I agree, and I watched some sequences. I didn't watch a full episode, but I watched quite a bit, and the fight sequences was pretty heavy CGI, and it was pretty... You could know, you could tell, especially with the movements of Master Chief, it was, it was just not a person really there. I would say it felt a little too much like an ensemble where I was anticipating it. You know, Master Chief is like... He's the he's the person, you know. It's his thing, and and they they did turn into like more of like the team up thing with a lot of characters having a lot of screen time. I understand they wanted to do that, but I mean, it's Master Chief. Like it should be the Master Chief show. In my that's my opinion. So I felt like they changed it too much, and it's something I was always looking forward to ever since we. I mean, we we played the first one like the day it came out. We we were on top of that, and so it was quite disappointing. I didn't ha- I didn't like the trailers, and so well then I was like, okay, let me give it a couple of clips and see what these clips are like, and I just did not like what I saw. But if someone liked it, good for them. I, it just wasn't what I was expecting. I think a game they've done a pretty good job of adapting is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. First movie's pretty good. I think the second one is hilarious, also really good. We got Jim Carrey in this movie as well, but I think it's just cast so well. There are parts that are just like, can we cut... 10 minutes of this movie out that has nothing to do with Sonic. <laughs> the wedding. The wedding. The like, wedding. What, are, what are we still at the what, wedding what for? What is this? What like is going eight, on? Eight minutes we're at this oh wedding. Oh my god, it was so long. It's like the, the second act and climax of the film. It's like, <laughs> why are we at this wedding with no one talking? And But I think they're really funny and, and they really captured Sonic in terms of the game. By ben the, Schwartz. By the second, yeah, he's great. Ben Schwartz is perfect. By the second movie, it's like, alright, this is Sonic. They, did a, they turned him into a, a movie character, which I really liked. It's hard to do because Sonic... You know, you just read the text of what he says, his text bubbles, and we have the... And then he's just spinning around catching, collecting coins, and you, you don't know too much. But then we had the animated TV series when we were young, the Sonic show, that we adored. We loved that cartoon. It was so awesome. That was a good one, yeah. And then so going from the video game with not really having like a, a, a characterization for Sonic and then getting a, a cartoon character of Sonic... And then getting a movie version of Sonic, I think they did a really good job. I, I like them a lot. Sega. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I we saw Sonic at Paramount Paramount Studios. At no the, big deal. Big the theater. We don't get. We haven't been invited to anything in a while though. It's, it's been a few months. 
<laughs> we're not important enough anymore. I think it's just because TikTok censors us. So yeah, much. we're not super famous on TikTok anymore. Hello. We got you all, so that's all that matters. I mean, that's all that matters. We turned this us. into a successful business yeah. now. That being said, we're making movies now. That being said, it was really cool because we saw Jim Carrey in person there. It was like seeing a unicorn through a window, but it was still. It was like, whoa, Jim Carrey's Jim right Carrey. there. He's like fifty feet away from James us. James Marsden's so handsome in person. James Marsden, yeah, we saw James. We were like ten feet away from James Marsden, and he is very handsome. Really, very really good-looking man in person. Yeah. <laughs> the hair—it's just like wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was cool because they did like uh, I think it was the world premiere or something because they did they did a red carpet. It was there. a pre premiere. It was like for the Paramount people. Gotcha, gotcha. It was gotcha. like a kids' a day. Like yeah, it was, it was a whole like carnival. A, it was a family day. It was, it was like, a Sonic carnival. Carnival yeah. movie premiere. It was cool. I had a lot of fun. Although I will say the the, the bagels, bagels, bagels ran out of bagels when I got to when I got to the window. Well, that guy ordered like six, right? Well, so what happened was I was waiting in line for Bell's Bagels, which is terrific. Nothing against Bell's Bagels. Or was it Easties, Easty Boys? Easty Boys. It was Easty Boys, which is even better. And I waited in line for like 30 minutes. And then this, uh, there's a woman ahead of me, and, and then she went up to order. And then a, she ordered like two bagel sandwiches. And then uh, a, a guy, a friend of hers, ran over, and he's like, oh, could you get some more for the rest of us? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then he was like, well, then we need three of these and then two of these. And then I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get up to the window. And the girl's like, uh, so we only have the kids' bagels left. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> it was it was just a bagel with uh, jelly is all they had. That's not I was fair. Like, oh That's my not God. fair, man. You should be in line to get a bagel. Yeah, I was you, pissed. You I was pissed. You shouldn't be able to get seven bagels from a truck. Like uh, I'm not event. exaggerating. He ordered event. four bagels and he didn't even spend a minute in he didn't spend a second in line. Oh, I was Laura. I was pissed. But <laughs> Sonic was very funny and the popcorn was nice. The popcorn was good. Popcorn there, was good. There is a video game adaptation. That we grew up loving, and it is still good. It's good. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So Mortal Kombat, classic game. It's like the. It's for us. It was like the arcade game. There's Mortal Kombat. There's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tekken. Tekken three. Simpsons. You know what I'm talking time about. Time Crisis. Time Crisis would be a good video game. I mean, adaptation. That would be, be sick. But we played a lot of Mortal Kombat because uh, we owned the games, and then we also we lived near an arcade, and they had a couple of them there. And it was just really cool to see the film adaptation of these characters you played as so often. And I think that for back then, it was, what, 98 was the first one, maybe? They did a good job. I mean, the CGI is obviously questionable, but it was fun. I loved seeing... Physical embodiments of the characters we loved. And as a kid, it was on repeat in our house. We always had a great time watching them. I think that the sequels are pretty ridiculous. But the first one, it's still a good time if you watch it today. And I haven't seen the new one that came out, I believe it was last February, on one of the streaming networks. I think it might have been HBO Max. I heard good things about it, but I haven't watched it. And apparently it's rated R. But I, I gotta check it out sometimes. I always like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was awesome. There's a I have a list of games that I would love to see turned into adaptations mm-hmm. of either movies or TV. And I think number one that's got to be on every gamer's list has to be The Legend of Zoro. I mean, Ocarina of Time would be really cool. You mean The Legend of Zelda? Oh, did I say Zoro? <laughs> Sorry. The Legend of Zelda. Did I say Zoro? Yeah, you said The Legend of Zoro, The Macarena of Time. All you gamers love The Legend of Zoro. <laughs> The Legend of Zelda. Brain fart. <laughs> Which was a classic. Hated that water temple. But I think that if they could pull it off, 
it'd probably have to be a TV series because the scope of the game is massive. It'd be tough to turn into a movie, but I feel like you could do something Lord of the Rings with it. And it has it the potential to be Lord of the Ringsy. If you did it right, yeah. Lord of the Ringsy, it definitely could be because Legend of Zelda is iconic. It's a, a fan favorite. It's been a fan favorite for decades now. Everyone's played the Legend of Zelda like on 64, Nintendo Switch. It's just one of the biggest properties out there for video game IPs and with Nintendo. And I think Nintendo owns it, right? Nintendo, no. I believe, yeah. So... I think that would be number one on my list for games to be adapted into film or TV. I agree because there's so much rich material to pull from. I love the fantasy element of it. And I'm still waiting on like the next great fantasy film franchise. And I don't think we've gotten it since Lord of the Rings. And Me neither. Although I would, I don't trust anyone with it, honestly. I don't either. I really don't. And because it, we hold it so near and dear to our hearts as kids, because we played all of the console. Like, we played the Game Boy version. We played the N64 version. Like, we played all of them. And even though it does have so much potential, I'm not sure I trust studios with it nowadays. I think they would change so much. I mean, just look at The Witcher. The Witcher Blood Origins is an entire TV show just based off the name, The Witcher, and it has nothing to do with the lore that was written, nor any of the video games that were made. It's just like its own thing. So they would probably, like the studio would do the same thing with Zelda. Like they would just write their own story. Turn which it into I, like a franchise yeah. of, of origin stories for yeah. different characters. So yeah. I'm not sure I would even they trust. They it because every yeah. studio is making verses, yeah. universes. I'm not sure I would trust the studio with it because I think they would just try to milk it for as much IP money as they could. And it would kind of, I mean, ruin it. It might be a story that's or a game that's unadaptable. It also, might be yeah. There. Also, yeah. Some other ones that I would love to see. Final Fantasy might be unadaptable. That would be really cool to see into a movie or TV series. Metroid. Oh yeah, Metroid, Metroid would be sick. Yeah. I, I think that's a no-brainer for studios to do. Metroid I mean, would be awesome. It would be a great sci-fi epic. It's in got space. It's a female lead. Yeah, female lead. She would. She just. She'd just be busting heads the whole time. It'd be terrific. Metroid was so much fun to play. Red Dead Redemption, I think, would be an, an awesome Western, TV yeah. series or, or movie. Just a great Western. Just revolvers and killing people in the Wild West and the frontier. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. It could it could revive the Western. Wolfenstein would be a cool game to film or TV show. What's Wolfenstein? Adaptation. So Wolfenstein takes place in an alternate reality where Nazi Germany won the war. And so basically you're an American who's trying to escape and just trying to take down the regime basically and escape. Uh-huh. Yeah, we never I, we never But they ended this, up taking the over the entire world. It's kind of like the man in the high tower oh, except sci-fi. I'm looking also. at the gameplay. We played this. It's oh my god, I remember, yeah. And then Skyrim would be really cool. I think I think that'd be a game adaptation to a movie adaptation that people would really love to see. God of War would be sick. So God of War is actually in development. So I have a list of video games that are in the development and have been announced. Let's so hear it. God of War is going to be a movie, I believe, that's going to be made by Amazon. Oh. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima is going to be is in production pre-production. It's going to be from Sony, obviously, because that's a PlayStation. From David Leach. Yeah, he's going to direct it. Next up, we have Fallout, which is going to be Amazon. Minecraft yeah. movie has been in development for about eight <laughs> years now at Warner Brothers. And if they don't start production soon on a movie, they will lose the rights to make a movie out of Minecraft and would have to bid to get the rights back. But So I believe they're going to try to start production soon on that. Gears of War is in production at Netflix, and Dave Bautista is going to be the lead of that film. Which he I ended up getting it? Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. So did he get confirmed? Because I know he posted on social media that he was like putting himself up for it. 
Well, I believe he's part of it. Is he no, not? No, no. He made a he made a social media post saying I would be I would love to be in Gears of War. Oh, I thought that was him no, saying no, I'm no. in Gears no, of War. No, he was like he was like my bad. He was like putting it, the idea into the head of the studio. Mistake of the episode. <laughs> no worries, man. Not the only mistake, because I said. But Legend he would be great in Gears of War. Fact check. Thanks. Twisted Metal is in pre-production at Peacock. This is that crazy oh car yeah game. the rampaging the car, car, the car game. game oh my god anthony mackie is going to be the lead of that that's at peacock what would be the story of that <laughs> who knows <laughs> bioshock is in pre-production at universal with francis lawrence directing which would be awesome he's in case you don't remember he made constantine as well as two of the hunger game movies he's i am awesome director he's also been working on this for years he's been he's been working on the film for a while there's one that's not on your list Borderlands. Mm. It's going to be starring Kate Blanchett and a bunch of other great actors. And Eli Roth has directed it. They're already done filming it. They finished filming in June. When's it come out? Comes out later this year. Oh, no way. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. But Kate Blanchett's going to be the lead. Very cool. Yeah. And then, speaking of Assassin's Creed earlier, it's getting a series at Netflix. And these are just some of the main announcements for, for coming soon. Really? We wow. have we have super, I mean, uh, video game movies coming out this year. We have, obviously, Super Mario Bros., the animated movies coming out. So, I loved the trailer. I thought it was great. I, I, I really liked the trailer. They hit every nostalgia point of Mario, as well as every kind of video game version of the universe of Mario, whether it's the NES version yeah. or Mario Kart, Mario 64. It's to me, Mario! I, I think Chris Pratt's a great casting. Everyone's freaking out because he doesn't sound like it. doesn't sound like a Mario, but like, would you like this? The whole goddamn movie's gonna sound like this. It's to me. Woo-hoo-yahoo! Okay, we go. <laughs> but like, it's just like a subtle Mario accent. It's just like... It lets it go. It's perfect. I really like the trailer. It was funny. It was creative. The world building seemed terrific. And I mean, you got the flying raccoon suit. You got the rainbow. Flying squirrel. Flying squirrel. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Flying squirrel. Yeah. Flying squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. You got the uh, rainbow track. You got you got Super Mario Kart racing. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how much stuff they fit in there. And like you said, the, they hit the beats with the original Nintendo game. I think it was just really surprising. How much I like, I was like walking into it like, ah, we'll see how the trailer looks like. And I was like, wow, that was fantastic. So actually that's the Tanuki Mario. Tanuki. Yeah, Tanuki. That's what it's called. I remember. Gotcha. So other upcoming video game movies we have this year, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I'm not sure about that trailer. I'm not sure about it either. I'm really not sure. They've changed it to- They just turned it into into Thor 4. It's a Marvel movie trailer. It 100% is because we have the classic rock song, which they've done two versions, two different classic rock songs. It just just seems like a Marvel movie. And it ends ends with someone like jumping in slow motion with a sword attacking that dragon. The exact same way that Thor 4 ended where he he was jumping in a silhouette towards some monster a whole lot axe. of love is the lot of depth yeah, song yeah sorry, yeah it was like i was like is this just a, a rehash of thor 4 it seems like, like geez louise or thor 3 well no they copied the trailer of thor 4 okay you're right uh we have the last of us which again when this episode airs it would have premiered on sunday i think it's the 15th of january is that is that date for sunday when it premieres and i believe we're gonna be doing weekly episode reviews of the last of us and before the show airs I'm going to try to get the PS5 going. We've been so busy. I haven't even been able to set up my PS5 and try to, because Calvin so graciously offered us to download all the games that he has, play a little bit of The Last of Us just to get like a grasp on the lore in the world before we watch the show. Gran Turismo, we talked about recently, is getting released this year, directed by Neil Blomkamp. 
and this is based off the video game, but it's based off a gamer in real life who was so good at Need for Speed, I'm sorry, at Gran Turismo, that he won contests, I believe it was with Nissan, and got to actually race for real. Oh, and really? It's about him be- being a gamer of Gran Turismo to actually racing cars. Interesting. So it's a, a true story based on a real person. And also, le- The Last of Us first reviews are out, and it's getting lauded. It's, it's getting terrific reviews from critics. It looks it looks phenomenal. Yeah. I think HBO Max, they've been doing great work with a lot of their shows. Obviously, House of the, House of the Dragon was the show of the year for us. Yeah. And then a, a guaranteed release soon is Sonic 3, which is about, two thousand. I think, 2024 it's coming out. House of the Dragon also won the Golden Globe. For best right. drama. And we also have the reverse where Hogwarts Legacy is getting a video game release on in February. So we're getting the, the early edition on February 7th, the deluxe edition. You get it three days early. And this is the first, like, legit RPG open world Harry Potter game that people have been dying for for 20 years. And the thing with the Harry Potter video games is they're always disappointing even though it's the opposite to the movie adaptation to a video game because they had to t- turn them out every goddamn year. They, like, had to, they had to beat the movie release date of the next movie. Here's six months. Yeah. Uh, can you make a Harry Potter game that's based on the movie? Here's the script and make a video game about it. And also, it's got to look good. And it's almost <laughs> impossible to do, and that's why yeah. some of the games are okay. We played like three of them. Some are very clunky and just not animated super well. They did the best they could. Nothing against the developers and the and the game and the game software developers and, and the, the creators, but they had no time and limited resources. But this they've been working on for years and it was in secret development for a long time. And to finally get like a real authentic experience of going to Hogwarts Castle in the Highlands of Scotland and being a Witcher Wizard takes place in the early 1890s where very excited to play this game. Simon Pegg's in it. Yeah, he plays the, the headmaster. Headmaster, argu- I mean, uh, Black, Sears Black's great great grandfather, Nigel, Nigelus, Nigelus. Yeah, and so I can't oh, wait to play that. Also, real quick, ironically, so a lot of the better video game movies are not adaptations, and so Tron, Tron Legacy, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, Gamer with Gerard Butler, Wreck It Ralph. Uh, the Jumanji movies, Ready Player One, Ender's Game, Guns Akimbo, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Pixels. These are all movies within the video game world, and video games play a major aspect of whether it be the world or the characters. And ironically, they're not, they're not adaptations, but they are some of the better video game movies. True. And also, more movies are getting video game adaptations besides like the Harry Potter Wizarding World. We're getting a Dune video game that's going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm, open cur- world. I'm very yeah. curious to see what an open world Dune game is going to be like. I think it comes out in 2023. Someone correct me it if I'm wrong. It comes out soon. Which is pretty awesome. I think I'm, in February. They probably want to time it. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's going to be that soon, but I think they're trying to time it for by the time Dune 2 comes out. Dune Part 2 comes out. Well, in. they have plenty of time then because Dune 2 comes out in November. Yeah. But also... There's got to be some other adaptations, other video games coming out that are, are movies that I can't think of at the moment. But the announced games look really exciting. But Tron and Tron Legacy, I think those are just some of the coolest movies ever. Especially for the time when the first Tron came out, no one had ever seen anything like that. And when Tron Legacy came out, I think Joseph Kaczynski did a terrific job making that movie. And it's kind of gotten a bad rap critically from a lot of people. And a lot of people think it's not a great adaptation or a great movie. I think it's really cool. The, C- one of the-, the CGI hasn't completely held up in different aspects, but I think it, it looks terrific. When I saw it for the first time, I thought it was phenomenal. It blew my hair back, and I, I was disappointed how poorly it did at the box office because I really wanted to get a sequel to it. Also, 
Killian Murphy has a very small role in that movie, which is really cool. He was set up to be the villain of the next film. Because he's the, why. he's like the guy with the glasses, he's the tech guy. He's in the board meeting for like 30 seconds. But I think the movie was very good, but it, it, it just dwindled in the second half and it kind of fizzled out in terms of the story. It was I all think. spectacle. Yeah, it was too much. Visually was, stunning. Yeah, Never seen anything like it. It wasn't, uh, I didn't love the plot and or the character development. Uh, I think they could have done a lot better, but I thought it was solid. I really enjoyed it, but I would say it was ultimately a missed opportunity. Ender's Game is a great one to bring up Ender's because Game's that's good. a phenomenal book. And then the, the movie and the story is based on a video game that these kids are learning and they eventually learn that this video game that they're playing is Spoilers. basically... Well, it's like the plot of the, of the story, right? It's basically war. Yeah, yeah. So they're being trained to play this game, this video game that is about war. They're, yeah, they're war. basically being trained to... Be the, generals in a they're way. Try, the military is trying to figure out who's going to be the new general of our military. Basically. By, in the, in the yeah. very distant future. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a really cool movie. Also, it has a, a terrific twist. Yeah, it, it does. The yeah. twist is fantastic. And the movie adaptation was faithful, excellent, exciting. I think they did an amazing job with that That's movie. That's a great adaptation for book to You know film. what? You know what, man? What? I'm putting Ender's Game as my favorite video game adaptation. Well, it's a book adaptation. It's not a video game. You know what? That's what I take I mean. back what I said. It's about a video yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a bozo. <laughs> it's all good. That's you the... know what? We should move into our intermission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's head on into our intermission. This one, we're going to be actually joined by a Chosen One patron. So when you're a Chosen One patron on Patreon for our show at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast, it's the top tier, $100, the Big Daddy tier, where after three months of being in this tier, you get to, obviously you get a, custom i mean a personal screening with us for any movie you want but you also get to come on the show for a fun guest segment on an episode or an episode's crazy so we usually bring people in for like the intermission then chat with them about the topic and finish the out yeah and sometimes we'll, or sometimes we'll do like a, a bonus episode with them talking the whole time yeah. but we've done like seven or eight of these and it's always fun and it's exciting and and chandler johnson is going to be our chosen one patron who will be joining us on this episode let's so let's get him in and get to our intermission get on in here chandler before we continue, the best way to support Raiders of the Lost Podcast is to become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. This is the ultimate way to support our show. It keeps the lights on. We have different tiers of support. We have $2, $5, $10, $25, and $100 tiers. Each one comes with an awesome set of perks. Patreon is the reason why we're able to do the show full time. So thank you so much for the support around the world to our wonderful patrons. This episode is sponsored by our friends at MoviePosters.com, the number one place to get your posters online today. Use our special promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order right now. We're also doing a movie poster giveaway in this episode, so if you want to enter to win a free movie poster from MoviePosters.com, in order to enter this contest, go to our YouTube channel and comment on this video game adaptation episode. That will enter you into the contest to win a poster. We'll select a winner in one week. And if you don't win, be sure to go over to MoviePosters.com for all of your poster needs and use our promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. All right, everyone. Let's get into our intermission. And like we said, we have a very special guest today, a Chosen One Patreon member of Raiders of Lost Podcast, Chandler Johnson. Welcome to the show, pal. How are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here, guys. Appreciate you coming on the show. We appreciate you being a patron. 
means the world to us. All of our patrons keep the lights on for the show. So you are a chosen one, patron. We had a fun movie session. We watched the movie together like, what, a month Indeed. and a half ago? We watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And now you're here on the video game episode. We're going to take it off of the intermission and we'll roll right into our movie quote competition. And how about I'll go first, gentlemen? Go for it, man. Try to guess this quote. It's actually from a video game. <laughs> I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. On uh, the Citadel? Citadel. Did I say <laughs> Citadel? Citadel. <laughs> I know this one. Chandler? Mm. I, I don't know this one. Mass Effect. Yeah, Mass Effect. Mass Effect 3. Uh, Mass Effect. Okay. Yeah. It's, I you got it, man. I think it's number three. You got it. Thanks. All right, here's my quote. It's two people. The first person says, it's a date. It's an interview, not a date. Gwen, first dates are interviews. <laughs> I, Want me to say it again? Yeah, say it one more time. All right. <clears throat> it's a date. No, it's an interview, not a date. Gwen, first dates are interviews. Sounds so familiar. I want. It's not. You're gonna be so mad at yourself. It's not man. Amazing Spider-Man. No. Don't let them. Yeah, it's not Gwen. The Gwen Stacey. thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what Gwen. I was about to guess too. Yeah. First dates are interviews. Is, is that a Ryan Reynolds line? Maybe. Is it, it is a Ryan Reynolds line. All right. What movie though? What Ryan Reynolds <laughs> movie is this? <laughs> oh, it's. Uh, I think I know what it is. What? Van Wilder. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Correct. There's a uh, entire replays. Gwen. Yeah. 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 That that was such a such yeah. a Ryan Reynolds delivery. delivery yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was during the uh, the marathon, and she's like a journalist for the school. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, what do you got, pal? All right, mine is this is the business we've chosen. This is the business we've chosen. Hmm. Brought a real stumper. This is a good one. Hmm. Gangster movie? Nah. This is the business. Is it a gangster movie? Oh, oh, got him. Uh, I'm going Gangster Squad. I'm going to go Road to Perdition. It's um, it's Godfather 2. Oh, oh, my God. Good one. Now, we're, now we look dumb. <laughs> Great quote. Great quote. All right. Guess this movie release year, guys. Hitman. Starring Timothy Elephant. I am gonna say 2010. Chandler, mm, I'm gonna say I got 2009. 2007. Oh man, you guys are pretty close. That was a good one. Mm. Antonio, what year did Van Wilder come out? <laughs> <laughs> man, what year did it come out? Is this a National Lampoon movie? National Lampoon, yeah. Man, um. I'm going to guess 2001. Chan the man. I'll go 99. 2002. Oh, man. Yeah, it felt like a a turn-of-the-century movie. Yeah, Yeah, you guys were close. Pretty close. All right, Chandler, movie release here. What do you got? All right. uh, My movie is Minority Report. 2005? Anthony? Munich Munich was 2005, I believe. I'm going 2006. What was your guess? 2005. 
That's 2002. Oh, man. Oh, wow. That old. Holy crap. Man. Now I feel, yeah, I feel old now. Wow. <laughs> it's really, it's really setting in. Now I feel really old. Whew, I remember seeing that in theaters the as a kid. still looks great. Yeah. It looks pretty good. There are some moments, yeah, but. It looks great. For 2002, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that good. I mean, Spielberg's always ahead of his time. That's true. That's true. All right. Moving on to our movie pop quiz. Let's hear it. Which holiday do Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal celebrate at the end of When Harry Met Sally? I know this. Do you know it, Chandler? I don't. Which holiday do Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal celebrate at the end of When Harry Met Sally? Let, let everyone in the, in the listening get a moment. They've had 15 seconds. Well, I know you like to answer quick. It's been a while. All right, go for it. New Year's Eve. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I love you when you're blah, blah, blah. I love you when you're blah, blah, blah. I love that you're the only person I want to see at the end of the day. It's stuff like, it's a really great monologue. Great. Yeah. That, that's quite the paraphrase. Well, I can't remember it blah, perfectly. Blah, blah. Okay. Let me paraphrase Walt Whitman. Blah, 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 blah. Well, blah, no, blah. he says like, I love this. I love, I love blah, I blah, blah. I know. I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> Let's hear your, oh, my, my quiz question. Here we go. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has a screenwriting credit on one feature film. What is that film? Hmm. I'm going to guess. The, the funny thing is, like, you can tell half his movies he's probably still Yeah, improvised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much improvisation. But in terms of a credit, I'm going to say... Screenwriting credit. I'm going to say Deadpool 2. Chandler? I'm going to say Green Lantern. Deadpool 2 is correct. Let's go. Wow, good guess. Good one. Nice. I thought you were going to say the first one. Nah. I thought it was, I was, thought it would be a trick question for you two. Got it, man. Good job, man. Good Nailed job. <laughs> All right, Chandler, what's your pop quiz question? I didn't have one. I thought... Uh, oh, it's all good. Three. It's oh, all worries, good. Don't worry about no it. All right, Anthony, you got any haters this week? Any unsubscribes? We have a lot of unsubscribes. Oh, lots of them. Yeah, it's great. Love to hear that. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Andrew Frenchy wrote in our Oscar episode, no Jeremy Allen White for the bear. Unsubscribe. Because we, uh, I posted like our favorite winners photos of them all. And I didn't put him in. And I just didn't put him in because I've never seen the show. I haven't so seen it yet. It wouldn't feel right to put him in. True. You know? I, I feel I like mean, I got to watch it soon though. Yeah. I don't know if I can. Working in the restaurant industry for so long. It might long. be cathartic. Maybe. Maybe. You, maybe you got to address those demons, Anthony, deep down. Those, those. Those nightmares you have of serving that I still sometimes have. I don't have them. I still get those once in a while. I'll, I'll like have a dream where I have seven tables and like a full bar. And I ran <laughs> oh, yeah, out I of, get that once. I ran once out of honey while. mustard and I'm just like, I wake up. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot the honey mustard. No, that my server nightmares, I'll have 20 tables. <laughs> <laughs> and they all sat down at once. That's <laughs> terrible. And then Lord Costler wrote, so cool of y'all to test out what would happen if the Oscars got it all wrong. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like us giving Tar Best Picture, I don't think. It's a really good movie, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dirk Diggler, 4719, who we love. He's a great, they're a great fan. Bones and All in Babylon got absolutely snubbed for best score. You guys were supposed to bring balance and awards to shows. No, you're supposed to bring balance to award shows, not leave them in darkness. <laughs> Unsubscribed. What did we give best score to again? We gave best score to The Northman. Oh, yeah, The Northman. Which I think deserved it. It's awesome. But Dirk Ligler, we love you. And then Seymour20 wrote, I made a post about Derby Blood, and he showed, he said, what a bastard. Unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Rob Robert Anderson wrote in our Johnny Depp episode, one of the greatest episodes. Thanks, pal. 
just a shame you didn't call him Captain Jack Sparrow. At least he would say there should be a captain in there somewhere. Unsubscribe. Sorry, pal. Absolutely right. We he's should right. Have... He's he's a captain. And then Paul Cantu wrote, also in the Johnny Depp episode, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, not leaving Las Vegas. Are you <laughs> are you even Johnny Depp fans? Did I say that? I think you did. Oh, my God. Are you even Nick Cage fans? Unsubscribe. <laughs> also, huge opportunity missed saying Edward Scissorhands was hands down. It could have been... Could have been scissors down. <laughs> the, best, the best movie. <laughs> Edward Scissors hands was ha- scissors, scissors down. down. <laughs> the, the best, best movie. From, yeah. Funny stuff. Those are good ones. All right. Now, on this day in film history, today is January 19th, guys. Wow. And in 1940, the Three Stooges film Unazdi Spy is released. In 1990, Tremors is released. Remember that great horror film? Oh, yeah. In 1996, From Dusk Till Dawn is released. In 2001, Donnie Darko, the cult film, premieres at Sundance Film Festival. Wow, Sundance. 2007, The Hitcher is released. In 2018, 12 Strong is released. And happy birthday to deceased Edgar Allan Poe. And if you're Edgar Allan Poe fans, definitely check out The Pale Blue Eye, which is a pretty cool movie that Scott Cooper just made with Christian Bale on Netflix. But also living birthdays for Sean Waynes, Frank Caliendo, and Logan Lerman, my streaming recommendation is going to be The Banshees of Sharon. If you have not seen this movie, I anticipate it to be the Best Picture winner at the Oscars now. Really? After, I think it had. I think it's got potential to win Best Picture. Wow. And it I, did win Best Comedy, yeah. Yeah, I think it might win Best Picture now after seeing that. And, and it won Fer- Screenplay, so that's actually a good sign. Colin Farrell won, yeah. and so didn't... Um, Mark McDonald won for Screenplay. Barry Keoghan won as well. Did he? Yeah, he won. For Supporting? He won, yeah. He won a Golden Globe. Really? Yeah. I don't. See, I don't remember seeing that. He one thousand percent won a Golden Globe. I, all right, if you say so. I saw a photo of him holding a Golden Globe. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you, was it a like an acceptance speech photo or did he win or did he not win? Maybe he was just holding Colin Farrell's or Martin McDonough's. He must have been, I guess. Hold on. Let's, let's Barry just... Keoghan, Golden Globe. Was he holding Colin Farrell's or am I? That's crazy? what I'm saying. Maybe he was holding Colin. I, don't think I remember him winning. Golden. <laughs> controversy to really remember it like the like the ricky gervais monologue or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think he's just holding colin farrell's oh i think you're right you bonehead someone didn't do their research or he's holding martin mcdonough's yeah that's what it is so he's holding someone else's golden globe or he's winning the banshee's golden globe all right so that's another fact check on me because kihi kwan won best supporting you're right so that's three errors I've made. Are you trying episode. to erase Kihi Kwan from <laughs> <laughs> Kihi Kwan <laughs> erasure? <laughs> Canceled. Canceled. Sorry about that. It's okay. You looked at the photo. You just didn't do the research. I didn't do the research. <laughs> I jumped to conclusions. I got to get off my jump to conclusion, Matt, guys. All right. Next up. But that's on HBO Max. Nice. I also have an HBO Max recommendation. I just watched Brian De Palma's The Untouchables, which is a great crime epic. Uh, Kevin Costner leads the cast as one of the most famous law enforcement officers of all time. Um, and then, what's his name? Sean Connery also is a part of his team. But Robert De Niro as Al Capone is absolutely insane. That dinner scene's so good. Yeah, it's crazy. Andy Garcia in one of his early roles as well. Uh, amazing cast, really well made. Cinematography's fantastic. Uh, Ennio Morricone did the score, and it's really insanely good. I loved it. I haven't seen it for a while, but we I've seen it, I saw it a few times growing up. But after watching it as an adult, like doing this and really researching film for so long, I really appreciated it more. So definitely watch The Untouchables if you like crime epics. HBO Max. HBO Max. Very cool. 
Chandler, do you have a streaming recommendation for the episode? Yes, mine is eleven twenty two sixty three. It's um, it's a short series on Hulu with James Franco, and it's based off the Stephen King novel. And it's like um, he like discovers a time traveling device and is able to go back and like he the he's trying to potentially stop the assassination of JFK. I've been meaning to watch. I that. remember I've seeing the trailer that. for yeah. that. I that remember was, that. It came out like five years ago or something. I like remember that. that. Yeah. It's so yeah, it's good. It's a really interesting it concept. That's yeah. so cool. Thanks for the recommendation. All right. And that's a movie or a miniseries? Series. It's a miniseries. It's, okay. I think it's six episodes. Interesting. Yeah, I always meant to watch that. Maybe I will now. All right, let's get back into our video game adaptation episode and finish this topic up. Now, Chandler. Did you grow up playing video games? Do you play video games? And if so, do you have some favorites? Or if you don't play video games, do you have any favorite movies that are adaptations from video games or that have a component of video games to them? Yeah, I always grew up... Um, I was always a PlayStation guy, so I grew up with the PS2. Then um, I had the 3 and the 4, and now I have the PS5. So I've always um, stuck along that line, but... Um, I really like the Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but I actually like like the Michael Fassbender like movie adaptation of it. Like, um, I just felt like um, they did a good job of putting their own like twist on it. Like, a lot of people didn't like how he went into like the Animus, but I kind of thought it was cool that like they have a different twist on like how he interacts with it. That's cool. We actually yeah, like, talked about yeah. that earlier. We were talking about how we were, we're disappointed that they went the origin story route with that really big time and how yeah. it was kind of I wish they opened it up with him just in as an assassin on a mission. Like it seemed like a no-brainer way to open that movie, but we want we were saying we wanted to be like Indiana Jones template where the first 15 minutes is him on a mission and then he exits the uh, the Artemis and then we get a then we learn what's going on and then the story goes from there. Instead of it being like an origin story for this character. But I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. the movie. And that's one of our favorite games we've played of all time. Yeah, we played, we played, played the first a lot. four. Yeah. I think we played the first four Assassin's Creed before we stopped playing video games. But I got a PS5 and I'm getting back into it. I remember really loving number three in Revolutionary America and then Black Flag. Black Flag as the pirate. But the number three, I think, was just an, an amazing game and so immersive, so much fun. And it was the first time I ever listened to music by Lauren Balfe, who's now one of my favorite composers. And he, he did the score for that game. And I remember just, I had a CD of that. I listened to it all, all the time while I was driving in my car. And to this day, like I just, I put it on like last week. I put number three on Lauren, by Lauren Balfe. And I, it's, that was the, my first experience to that composer. And he was Hans Zimmer's protege. Yeah. Now look at him. He did the last Mission Impossible movie, which is the best scored yeah. musically Mission Impossible movie, arguably, besides the first one Danny Elfman did was terrific. He came up with the theme. I don't know how many Danny Elfman's done, but I think Lawrence Just is, one. is by far the best. But coming up with the theme was great as well. I mean, redoing the theme for yeah, the, the theme old show. Yeah, the theme was a TV show theme. But I think yeah. Lawrence is the best, and he's doing, so, he's doing the new Mission Impossible film as well. He still works with Hans here and there. He helped on the Top Gun Maverick score, so... He's just a really busy guy, but he, he did the Wheel of Time. He's, I yeah, think so. He's done yeah. a lot of video games, Lauren Balfe. Which he I was, he's, he actually, during the Video Game Awards this past couple of weeks, they had the Video Game Awards, and he was the orchestrator of the orchestra, the, compose, the composer of the orchestra, conductor of the orchestra 
during the entire live show. Nice. That's so cool. Because he's like the video game score guy. Yeah, he's he's the man when yeah. it comes to video game scores. He's awesome. But yeah, Assassin's Creed is a fantastic game series. Besides Assassin's Creed, J- Chandler, um, any other games that you love that have been adapted into the movies or games that you love in general? Um, well, I, I really like the Call of Duty series. Um, I really liked especially like the first two uh, Black Ops and um, like the story story mode for those. And they actually had um, Sam Worthington to do the voiceover for those. And I thought that was really cool. That's great. Nice. Yeah. That would be that would be a good movie series. Yeah, I agree. And um, the plot was cool because they had like a lot of uh, like they switched back and forth. They had a lot of flashbacks. So they went back and forth between like the present day and his past when he was a soldier. All right, and since you're a PlayStation player, is Uncharted a game you played? Yeah, absolutely. I I I really like the early ones, especially like mm-hmm. early PS3 ones. And how did you watch the movie, the one with Tom Holland? Yeah, I did. Uh, did you did you like it or was it faithful as an adaptation, you think? Uh I didn't think like well the characters didn't seem to me that fateful like Tom Holland seemed seemed a little bit too young and then Mark Wahlberg seemed a little bit like, like too uh, young as well like they didn't for Sully yeah 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 they didn't feel like the right age for the characters I don't yeah think. yeah the problem was Tom Holland's playing Peter Parker which he's great at but he's just too young for that role and even by the end of the film. They turn into an origin story when he finally gets the holsters and gets the guns. It's like weird seeing Tom Holland holding guns for me. It's just, it's kind of odd. He he, for me, he doesn't have like that tough guy look about him. Not yet. Like maybe, that maybe brawny, he'll get there. I don't know. That brawny tough guy thing with like some five o'clock shadow. I don't see him having that. Maybe, maybe one day he can get to looking good with a gun. But for a lot of act, some actors just don't look good holding a gun. It's Agreed, just, it yeah. doesn't fit. And then Mark Wahlberg. Like, imagine Owen Wilson holding a gun. Yeah, it seemed weird. <laughs> I'm sure he has in a movie. But like, wow, it's oh, a wow, wow. But um, <laughs> but and then having Mark Wahlberg, who was attached to be the lead for years, and then ended up like they finally, hey, we got funding. We're gonna make the movie. Uh, but you're Sully now. He's like, oh, I guess I'm the old guy. And he's just like, you're right. Like you said, Chandler, he's too young to be Sully or the in the old guy. And he just seemed like he phoned in the performance. He's just like, hey, I'm finally making this movie eventually. And for me, even though I've never played the games, I've watched gameplay footage and I know what it's about. It seemed like they could have made a great, almost Indiana Jones epic adventure out of this movie. But it was a pretty disappointing movie. It was funny. They had the one-liners constantly. Mark Wahlberg's characters just giving a bunch of great one-liners. And that obviously supplements the mediocre script and story to make you have a good time still. I just was really let down by what I thought could have been easily a franchise in the making, a great adventure, because we haven't had that great adventure film since Pirates of the Caribbean, since Lord of the Rings. We're still waiting on that next great franchise in these studios we were talking earlier how they're just trying to focus too much on building a three-movie franchise rather than focusing on just making a great movie, not making an origin story. Just give me, give me, at least give me Tom Holland holding guns in the first five minutes of the movie. I mean, Captain Jack Sparrow, hear that? I got the captain <laughs> in there. He's already Jack Sparrow when the movie starts. You know, it's not an origin story. I, I didn't watch the entire film, but I watched two of the action sequences. I watched the the plane sequence and I watched the pirate ship, the pirate ship fight. And they both looked pretty heavy CGI, and the fight choreography was 
pretty ske- ske- like sketchy. Felt like a dance. Yeah, it, it felt like a dance, and it felt like it wasn't like real impact happening on any of the actors. And I was just completely taken out of it by the the fight choreography. And I think I think that's an opportunity where they could have built amazing sets and done some really great practical work with the production design, but they just went with the easy CGI route. All right, Chandler. Any other games that you've Tur- that you've played or that you're excited about this year or any other adaptations that you're excited about yeah i'm I'm really excited about the the new harry potter game i know y'all made a, a podcast about that so oh yeah we had to shut it down unfortunately yeah. we, sh- we stopped it unfortunately. too much work we couldn't yeah. keep up with it and we were getting stretched thin but it we're really excited about hogwarts legacy what house are you I'm a Gryffindor oh, oh nice. all right yeah i got yeah. it i got you yeah well i'm a slytherin anthony's a ravenclaw Oh, so nice. we're excited to be in competing houses, yeah. but I can't wait to play that game as well. Are and you he- going to be like customizing your character to look exactly like you? Yeah, I try to, because then I feel more like in the shoes of the character. It, yeah. Uh, it makes me feel more in the game. I'm going to do, do the same I'm thing. I'm going to have Anthony sit in a chair next to the TV <laughs> so I can just pinpoint it, because he's the twin, so it's yeah. fine. It looks, they look the same. So, so are you, I, my question is, you give, are you giving yourself glasses or not? I I mean, that's tough to choose because... I'm going to give myself glasses because I, I, I wear glasses all the time. I don't wear it on the podcast because they push into my head, the glasses, when I wear headphones. But when I'm not on the podcast, I'm only nowadays just wearing only glasses. I might because I usually wear glasses most of the time. I'll, I'll see what they have for options. Yeah. I know they're going to have a, an extensive list of options to start up, but then you can upgrade to different glasses in the game and I'll see if they have... They'll have some modern versions. What hair uh, length are you going with? I'll probably whatever my my. I'll just go my, hair? my crazy hair right now. But you yeah. can get haircuts and change your hairstyle while yeah, you're yeah. playing. There's going to be a barber shop in Hogsmeade, which is really cool. But I mean, my hair is so out of control right now. I might as well go with that. You're almost at Chandler's length. <laughs> his is long. <laughs> they're they're pretty similar, probably. Mine's just a lot curlier. His his seems really straight. Yeah, his just a bit, his is a bit longer. It's going down to his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. It was also shampoo night last night, so it's very very frizzy. frizzy. And full, I can see very, that. Yeah. It's voluptuous right now. <laughs> yeah, it and, sure is. Hard to maintain. <laughs> It's like it's all getting stuck together. It's a lot. That's why I keep mine short. It's a lot to manage. I don't know how you guys do it. I'm at the point where I'm like, I might as well keep it going. Why not? It does look good with the headphones on, pulling it back. It looks good on camera. We'll see how it looks during the live show. Oh, yeah, we'll see. I'll have to figure something out. <laughs> you going to do the hair tie, the man bun? No, I'm not going to do gonna a man, man bun. It? No, I'm just going to slick it back and like uh-huh. put it behind the ears. Nice. Just man. like, just like uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's getting super long. Anyway, so there's something I haven't seen. I haven't seen either of the two new Jumanji films. I don't know if you guys have. The first one I've seen. Uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's funny. Good, yeah. yeah, it's a fun time. I just never had the inclination to watch them. Have you seen them? Yeah, I've seen... Um, well, I saw, I've seen parts of like the original like way back, um, I don't know, in like the 80s or 90s. Uh, yeah, it was 90s. Yeah. We're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> the original is great, Yeah, though. it's like 96 it came out. But that's a... Fr- that's a fr- movie that was made and Off then the board. board game was made the board game came after yeah yeah so that was kind of like tron it was an original script yeah and then the video games like i've seen the new ones as well and uh i, I like the comedy with like uh the rock and um kevin hart and jack black's really funny in the two jack black too yeah um i think the personally i think the first one the plot was a little better because like they i think they got caught up in like the the typical sequel where they like try to go over the top with like all the action sequences and kind of lose the story. Yeah. 
But it was funny. It's a good time. Like I, la- I laughed. I had a good time watching that movie. Maybe I'll watch it sometime. It's I not just, perfect. I but... just because we love, we loved the original, and we had the board game, and it was like it's really nothing like that. Yeah, it was so okay. Well, I just, I guess I never got into the idea of it being a video game instead of the board game. But it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just give it a shot. And also, but like Robin Williams. It's just like, how do you replace him? You can't. Yeah. So they had four actors try to replace yeah, him. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> they had four actors try to bring the comedy that one yeah. man did. Karen Gillian's also in it, too. She's, Karen Gillian's she's terrific. great, yeah. She's terrific. The doctor's uh, assistant. Or fish, companion. Fish fingers and custard. Companion. <laughs> and also uh, Nebula in Marvel. Yeah, she's... MCU star. She's very successful. <laughs> she's very successful. All right, gentlemen, are there any other movie, video game to movie or TV adaptations that you're looking forward to coming out soon this year or any other video games you wish you would see turn into a movie or a TV show? I'm looking forward to The Last of Us. I think it had a terrific trailer. And from the critical response it got this week, and I think Pedro Pascal being one of the most in-demand actors alive, if he signed on to do this, it must be a good story and script and team. And that's a great indicator because he can do anything he wants right now. So I think I, uh, The Last of Us looks like it has a lot of potential. What about you, Chandler? Um, well, if I could go the opposite way, I'm excited to see. Um, the, um, I, I've heard it rumored that there's going to be a new Avatar game. So I'm excited to see. Really? Yeah, I'm excited to see how they take the movie and turn it into a video game. Very cool. Very cool. I didn't know about that. I'm excited about Hogwarts Legacy, obviously, in the Dune video game. And in terms of adaptations, The Last of Us seems like it's going to be a hit. The reviews coming out are stellar. Glowing. It's it's getting excellent ratings. And people are just buzzing about it. So I can't wait to do it. I think we'll be doing weekly episode reviews of that. As well as all the other stuff we've been talking about. You know what I would like to see an adaptation of? What? There's this game called Goldeneye. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost of Tsushima. That's that's up there for like I can't wait for that movie to eventually get made. Gears of War, hopefully they pull that off. But there's, I would like to see Gears of War. I love that game. But there's so many games in development right now because of, I think, because of streaming, it's a lot of green lights are getting lit for a lot of projects from video games, turning them into TV series, turning them into movies, which I think is really exciting because we talked in the beginning of the episode how there's so many, there's so many stories, so many interesting characters, so many different worlds and concepts, and, and the video game genre in terms of storytelling is just so vast with creativity that now we're at the point with the streaming platforms where they're taking so many shots and, and swinging at so many uh, pitches that they're greenlighting all sorts of stuff and, and bringing these worlds to life, which don't always work out well, but I think when they do hit, they nail they nail it. And I'm excited to see the next few years of video game adaptations coming to streaming in theaters. Likewise. Also, Metal Gear Solid could be a really good video game movie. Could be. It could be. If they do it right. Yeah. Christian Bale was actually... He was actually signed on to make a Metal Gear Solid movie for about 10 years. Jeez, that would be yeah, so cool. Yeah, but it never came to fruition. That would be so cool. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, sorry, Chip. I was going to say, oh, yeah. um, I thought of um, one more. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever played Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Never, never but I've no. heard of it, yeah. yeah. It was cool. It's about like, an apprentice that, um, like Darth Vader, like killed his father at the beginning of the game. So he becomes an apprentice under him. And I, I thought that'd be cool to see, like, how he's, like, conflicted about, like, whether he, like, follows his father's ancestry or he follows along Vader's path. So I thought... Ah. Oh. Yeah, and there's a new Star Wars video game coming out this year, right? Yeah, this in year. A, in it's a couple supposed months. to be big. Yeah. That should be cool. 
All right, that wraps our episode on video game adaptations and video game movies and TV series. Chandler, thanks again so much for being a patron, being such a friend of the show. We appreciate your support so much. We're so grateful to you and all of our other patrons and everyone who listens to the show and is supporting us. It's the reason why we keep the lights on and pay the rent, honestly. We're so fortunate. So thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. You have any final words? Uh, no, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for having me, and uh, I I enjoy all of your guys' podcast episodes. Thanks, appreciate man. It, we pal. appreciate it. All right, everyone, be sure to become a patron like Chandler today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. And again, today's January 19th. In two days, oh my God. we'll be putting on our first ever live show. If you are not coming in person to Los Angeles, you can watch the stream in the broadcast live with a ticket digital ticket and you can watch it on your computer anywhere in the around the world and you can get that ticket from moment.co slash raiders of the lost i'll put a link in the bio to that digital experience ticket again you can watch anywhere around the world the show is saturday at 12 p.m pacific time that's 3 p.m on the east coast in america 8 p.m in the uk 7 a.m in australia we time it so that everyone has the opportunity to tune in as we're on stage and we'll be interacting and watching the chat of you all chiming into whatever we're talking about on stage and if you want to come in los angeles to the show you can get tickets in person from dynastytypewriter.com just on the calendar go to january 21st you'll find our show right there i'll put links to the direct ticket locations of both the digital experience and live in-person tickets in the description of the YouTube bio of this video and podcast, as well as the Spotify, Apple podcast descriptions. So you can just click on it right there. And again, you'll be able to tune in live as we're performing. It's going to be so much fun. We're so excited. We have a great show planned for you. It'll be the first time we do anything like this. We cannot wait. And thanks again so much for tuning into this episode. Take care, everyone. See you next time. This episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons. Luke Exelston, Tyler McFly, Darren Singleton, Anthony DeMeo, John A. Graz, Becca Keen, Cody Moen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Cam. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.